Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We are... Recording. We are live. <laughs> Back and better than ever. Yes. Back on Grace O'Neill's floor where we belong. I was investigating podcast studios for us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible. Well, we do have a studio we can use for free every single week, but we can't be asked going there. And also, I feel like we could drink there. We just put vodka in our water bottles. Our water bottles, yeah. So the Soho Works, where I've started going for work, has a podcast studio that you can book out for free, but it's not like a studio. It's like a room with equipment. It's not. So I think their equipment would be better than ours, but it's not, with the, it's not with the mic set yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah. That. It's similar to this setup, but it just looks. So we don't get a producer like John. Will we be on the floor? No, we'll be sitting on a, at a chair. Nice. So it could be worth investigating for that reason. Yeah, love. We should do that. I think we should give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we last spoke, everybody, on our woo-woo manifestation episode, which I haven't actually listened back to yet, but I'm sure was a laugh. Popular, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so basically I listen to the main episodes and Izzy listens to the Patreon episodes every week. So Izzy gets treated to our chaos silly selves but you also the reason we do that is because if i listen to the main one i would just release like absolutely any crap we say whereas grace is more a lawyer i'm a legally fact checking (laughs) removing names (laughs) yeah removing references removing when i like incriminate myself you say so many like funny things as sweeping statements i just always remember when you were just like i mean i think the fact is that kanye west is a terrible father (laughs) (laughs) you just said it like it just made me laugh so much well it's true i mean it is true in another city and Mm -hmm. then tell kim off 
Kim excited to talk about oh, yeah. her. So, but firstly, yes. I've already forgotten that this happened, which is so insane because it was quite a crazy. It feels like weeks and weeks ago, like but so it was literally ago. like four days ago. So after we did our manifestation woo-woo medium flirt episode where we talked about Reiki, etc., I managed to book in. Had I booked in yet? No. I managed to book. I think you had, yeah. Okay. I think you said you were talking to yeah. her because I was saying I was jealous. Yeah, so I booked in to speak to Medium Flow one-on-one over Zoom. And I was starstruck after our yeah. night with her. Yeah. When I got on when I got on Zoom, I was like, oh, my God, I'm talking to a celebrity. She's Lana Del Rey's friend. I don't even know who Lana Del Rey is, but yeah. I was, like, so excited. And then I felt super nervous. And she said that everyone feels nervous, obviously, before a reading. And then what she said was really interesting was that she could have either – gone back and talked to dead loved ones or whatever i'm sure she has a better way of phrasing it Mm -hmm. or she could read me because she's a she's a psychic or whatever i think it's the same thing so she could basically tell me what my journey was going to be or go back and i was like oh god if i wasn't writing a story where i kind of need to speak to my annoying dead loved ones i would so want that but anyway she from minute dot was quite crazy with what she was saying I called Grace immediately afterwards yep. and then my mum I called my mum from the pub and put her on FaceTime and she started crying with all the That's, stuff no. she'd been saying and then my boyfriend is the biggest skeptic in the world and he was like uh she could have found she he was just like I bet you were leading her I bet you were blah 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 and then I listened back and I wasn't at all to the point where I was basically mute and wasn't even answering in like a very excited way when she was saying the most crazy things. So to spare you all an Release hour. the tapes. Like yes. I was like, we should actually upload it Oh to my God. You guys would just see me picking my fucking face the whole time as I frown <laughs> at her. Release the tapes. I, I should. This I should release our water a snippet. Gate. Yeah. Yeah, I sent my mum the entire tape and she listened to the whole thing. And she, mum was confirming all the stuff that I didn't know. So that at, they were talking to your grandfather and... Yeah, um, my mum's dad who died before I was born. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know how he died or how old she was or any of those things. And she was saying all of that. And then she also brought in one of the craziest bits. I had no dead animals come back, unfortunately. <laughs> but one of the craziest bits was when she brought in my stepdad who died six years ago of lung cancer and she said she knew that immediately and she said all these other things that only I don't know no one really would have known about how I was a little brat when I was little and was like desperate not to like him and rah 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 and then she said she kind of laughed and goes oh he's revving a motorbike and shaking his head this is someone is someone learning how to is this someone one of his kids or something that has a motorbike and my mother Donna nearly sober Donna has a new hobby and it is riding a motorbike and she wow. literally bought one two weeks ago and sent me a photo on whatsapp of her on a motorbike and i was like god mum!" and no one knows that and it's obviously not on the internet anywhere yeah even i didn't know that yeah i know medium flow has your whatsapp but i'm just like even that thing of people saying they could just look it up i'm just like her her business wouldn't be very lucrative if she had to spend eight hours per client <laughs> like going through everything they've ever done you know what i mean if yeah. she went through all our podcast episodes or anything that wouldn't make any sense mm. that's crazy yeah and then she brought in my dead ex-boyfriend and he talked about cheating on me <laughs> it was really funny <laughs> she goes he thinks you he said you think he cheated on you and I was like well he fucking did (laughs) 
And then I was like, how Stop I- gaslighting me yes. from beyond the grave. I was like, how am I arguing with you right now when you did? I was like, he fucking did. And then she was like, oh yeah, he said it's not a, it wasn't a big deal. It didn't mean anything. Oh my God. And then I remember Trying to weasel his way back in. I know. True listeners will know. You know, back in our woo-woo, a different ep when we were talking about The Secret and I talked about when I was a teenager yes. and I manifested that guy Sam into texting me. Yes. My ex-boyfriend, who's dead, had cheated on me with Sam's sister. Oh, my God. That fucking family. Yeah, crazy. That was the girl. That was a girl. I was like, he did with Amy. Separate. I knew that. <laughs> Medium flirt getting you worked up. Yeah. And then anyway, so that was quite crazy. I'm going to write about it. In an article that's coming out next week. So everyone can everyone read that. I'm more. excited to read it, even though I got like a full debrief and essentially have watched the tapes myself. I <laughs> yes. haven't. I've just realized they're very like personal and you won't want to release them, but we could, yeah, do a little snippet. Because it's not really that. I mean, yeah, it's I've shared a lot of it already. Yeah, <laughs> I share a lot. Everyone knows everything. <laughs> but it was interesting what she was saying because I was talking to her about kind of skeptics or whatever, and she was just like, Basically, when I was really little, when I was really young, I was quite weird and I was speaking to people who weren't there and I was seeing things. Mm-hmm. And she said that lots of kids are like that. But when you go to school, you shut down that part of your brain and just f- we all work from the prefrontal cortex, which is our very logical brain. And she said that she kind of started realizing really quickly when she spoke to other kids what was normal and what wasn't and then just completely ignored it. And then when she was a teenager, she got really sick and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And then as a last resort, her parents were like, you were super weird when you were little. Why don't you go and try and talk to someone that's a bit spiritual or someone with Mm. alternative medicine or something. Mm -hmm. And she went to a medium and the medium was like, you are a medium. And if you don't use your gift, you'll get sick. Wow. Which sounds crazy. And then she was just, she was just, she was just like, oh fucking hell. I don't want to do this. This It's so embarrassing. Because she just wasn't woo-woo at all. Wow. So she did it with a pseudonym for about seven years before she actually committed to it. And she, she yeah, but she was she was just like, it was funny because my boyfriend was like, oh, you should get her to do me and see if she can convince me. And I was like, hey, she, she doesn't care about convincing you. She's. Yes. And also it's that thing where, like we said before, it's like so energy based. So she probably wouldn't. Yeah. Have that experience with, with someone that's like, like incredibly shut off. Yeah, How exactly. you need to accept the energy. Accept the Reiki into your life. So once this podcast ends, you can book in with me for a medium reading and also a Reiki reading. So I'm going to learn Reiki. Yeah, and can then you please? Grace will become a psychologist and we'll we- have all your bases covered. And That's maybe I'll business. start. Maybe well, I'll start dealing um, psilocybin too, just on the side. I know you're going to be the one raking in the cash, <laughs> the quick cash. You'll, you'll be like, okay, have anyone heard of mindfulness? Yes. And they'll be all high on mushrooms. CBT. Everyone will be like, fuck off. <laughs> I actually was talking to a friend about Reiki after our episode, and she's not very again we were or whatever. And she let her friend do a Reiki session on her because she was training for her final stage and she needed to have done it on a certain amount of people and she said that she laid down and was like front facing and the girl felt some energy around her shoulder and she said she flopped around like a fish on the table and like fully she said it's the craziest thing i've ever experienced that I had happens this on the total, episode does it mm. i need to go back and watch that yeah. i'm in, newly obsessed Intrigued. with goop again yes <laughs> well, i love goop after i did a reading with medium flair i was just telling grace that 
I was like, I want to learn more. And when I went for a run, I searched the Goop podcast for a medium and then popped it in my ears and listened to this medium talking about how she is really focused on the scientific side of things and how our brains actually work. And she said when her brain is scanned, when she's in a normal state versus when her brain is scanned, when she's in a, when she's in a, I don't know, whatever it is, when she taps Mm. into it, the parts of her brain that are activated are completely different. Wow. And then she was also talking about how she, her biggest clients, the naughty, naughty, naughty Wall Street men who use intuition and kind of energy to figure out how to make money. And she said they're the easiest people to teach because they already work with their intuition so much. Amazing. On to the Oscars. On to the Oscars. I'm sad because when we lived in Australia, we would cover the Oscars for work. So we would get a lot of, like, we got the La La Land scandal live in real time. They we watched saw the red carpet. The, like, they watched the hit in real time. Yeah, that's, I'm like, we missed that. So we woke up and just everything had happened and we were like just debriefing and decompressing on the slap. <laughs> but yeah, so, and also they cut the slap from US. TV. Yes. So Australia saw it live and, and I think Japan and no one else did. I wonder how many people were actually watching it live. It would be not that many. No. Um, okay, so let's start with Red Carpet. I was pretty underwhelmed overall, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like it didn't feel very oscars I think everyone played it kind of safe. I think we're all just a bit over it. Over it. Yeah. But I don't know. I think everyone just cares about the me- gala now maybe yeah maybe the oscars has always been kind of boring now i think about it yeah so who were your did you like zoe kravitz in the pink saint laurent i didn't really like it either everyone was going on about it agree everyone was freaking out yeah i I didn't think it fit that nicely okay maggie gyllenhaal wearing that chaparelli black off the shoulder with the things i saw a girl on tiktok eating ferrero rochers with an (laughs) off the shoulder dress and then sticking for the Ferrero Rocher wrapper on it looked exactly the same. Oh, I also no. feel negative feelings towards her after a certain medium a article. Certain medium article. I feel the same, but I did like the fit. Yeah. Our girl, Renate <laughs> Rensve, who we talked about last week. Oh, from Worst, Worst Person. Person in the World. She looked really good. In oh my god, she looked really good. She I just amazing. realized who she yeah. was. I put her down, but I didn't realize that it was that it was her and the Louis Vuitton that is such a cool outfit. And it's I'm trying to say this in a diplomatic way, but it's like not always Louis Vuitton runway is amazing and their red carpet is sometimes like questionable. So the fact that she nabbed like a great yes. look from them. She is, looked amazing. Yes. I also loved, I don't even know who this person is, but I screenshot it uh and I have her up now, but I still don't know who she is leah kibbity maybe she's philippe oh she's a she's a model she's supermodel she's fucking gorgeous she looks amazing that dress is that dress is like my favorite of the night i think even though it's kind of not really oscars-y i mean it is but yeah i wonder why she was there her husband must cut out dress yeah she looked amazing who else so loved loved lupita Mm -hmm. thought she looked great prada yep loved i mean actually i didn't love zendaya like love love it but i it was it's obviously always good yeah when i first looked at it i was kind of underwhelmed and but but then but then i took a second and turned it over and i was like i guess this is something really different because she would usually wear a big dress to the oscars i kind of liked that she did this she did the uh cropped silk white button up and then the uh, long silver skirt 
let's say it's a Sharon Stone homage right. from the 90s, I think. Okay. But I also think I was – because, yeah, it was quite low-key for her, but I do think there's maybe some sort of diplomacy with the Oscars where Zendaya was there because June was nominated, but she wasn't nominated as an actress, so maybe you're not supposed to – like you're meant to give the nominees like their big fashion moment and it's classy to wear something a bit more understated right. if you're not a nom. We haven't even talked about this, but uh, how the lead actress from West Side Story didn't yes. get an invite to the Oscars, Rachel Ziegler. Ziegler. And she, someone, she'd won, she won like a Golden Globe for yeah. For her uh, portrayal in that movie, the movie was nominated eight times for Oscars, which means it got the Los Angeles Times did a big kind of, not expose, but investigation into how the Oscars ticketing system actually works. Mm. And the more times you're nominated, the more tickets you get. And each person nominated gets a ticket and can request, and gets a plus one, but they can request two more tickets. So basically there were like a shit ton of tickets going around for West Side Story and they didn't give one to the streaming service or whatever it was or the production Steven company Spielberg himself didn't give it to the lead her. actress that's fucking crazy i know and also she's like a latinx young yeah really cool actress starring in this film so then someone commented on her instagram being like can't wait to see you at the oscars and then she wrote back and was like i didn't get an invite so i'll just be at home in my boyfriend's sweatpants and then this kicked off this big storm as it should, where the cut was writing about it, everyone was writing about it, and eventually she got a ticket. So she went and she looked what she wear? Uh, to a Dior, Dior. But you could tell yeah. that it had been like it was a borrowed sample, I think, that had been organized last minute. Because it's a beautiful dress and she's beautiful, but it A, I don't think that's what anyone would pick to wear to their first Oscars, and B, it didn't look made for her, if that makes sense. Looks like a little loose or something. Yes. I actually have something I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say on Le Pod, yeah. but I can just be um, discreet. So Beyonce wasn't supposed to be wearing what she wore, but Beyonce's outfit was held in customs in the US for three days and it had been custom made by a really cool British designer who is like a life-changing moment. <gasps> and it was held in customs for three days to the point where the entire team in London was like in tears and they were just like, we should have just flown. We should have gotten someone. I know this sounds so stupid because it's fashion, but it's also someone's life. No, it's, it's someone's and, entire life. Yeah, and how like much it costs. It costs a thousand pounds just to ship it. And they were just like, we should have just had someone on the plane because it probably would have been cheaper. But they, yeah. were, they were thinking about, they were just like, oh, sustainability or we shouldn't do that, whatever. Mm. They should have had someone holding it on a plane and flying it to Los Angeles and handing it over. And instead they shipped it. And you, of all people, know how I was gonna say, unruly never these trust. shipping companies can be. The shipping companies are fucked. The post office, like, I was going to use an analogy, but, like, there is no better analogy than this. They just don't care. It could be sitting in their shipping facility and you could be begging them, like, it's right there. Can I just have it? And they just won't do it. They're just she said Beyonce, they said Beyonce's team got involved themselves and were calling. Beyonce. I was like, Beyonce has a Beyonce lot of power. Beyonce called America Post and they were still like, no. Beyonce, Beyonce literally knows the former president. She is the former president. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. Like, that's quite wild. I know. So that's really. Her performance was astonishing. I like, didn't watch it. It was really, really amazing. The performances were like were really good from what I saw that it was she just goes above and beyond every time shirtless Timmy gorgeous 
Oh, yeah. I thought you said shitless. <laughs> shirtless Timmy. Shirtless Timmy. Uh, amazing. So loved stunning. It. And I loved his after party look as well. What's his after party look? It was, I think it might have been LV. It was like that black leather. Oh, yeah. Two yeah, yeah, yeah. piece. Yeah. It was like a suit. Yeah. Thing. Love. I, and when he posted him shirtless on Instagram, he just put the nail emoji. <laughs> Shut oh, up. Shut <laughs> up. Um, who else? Wait, did you see Kirsten Dunst? Because I saw her, but only because I had to seek her out because she was in no one's roundups, which was weird. Yeah, she's she, yeah, she looked gorgeous. She looked great. I loved her outfit. It was an Oscar winner look. Like, I think she maybe thought she had it this year. You know? Like, yeah. it was a real, like, regal OTT gown. Who won over her? Ariana DeBose from... West Side Story. Mm. Apparently she's amazing in it. And something funny about her is that I saw she was in Hamilton. And I was like, who is she? Like in the original Broadway production. And someone gets shot at the end and she played the bullet. And like the bullet just spins around really slowly. And this like <laughs> thick. <laughs> oh, my God. It made me laugh so much. And it was like Ariana reunited with Lin-Manuel Miranda after like playing the bullet in 2012. Oh, my God. And she's like queer and latinx and black and okay, super cool oh yeah won. i saw i saw her doing it yeah i read a like oscars review that basically said that the best supporting actress category this year like anyone in that category could have won and it would have been fair like it was like the strongest mm. category that's so year. annoying i hate it when that happens, it happens and then other all the time years, nothing women. yeah yeah the supporting one is like always the competitive one for women yeah because i never get lead roles i know who else i, I liked like billy eilish <laughs> Yeah, I liked Billy. I liked Billy Ice, and I liked her and Simone Rocha at the after party. Same, she looked gorgeous. It's like a fun, staying true to yourself. Yeah. vibe. Uh, I liked Laverne Cox. I also liked Serena Williams and Pink Gucci with the gloves. Yeah, That's I think cute. she looked gorgeous. And then I put in our doc, who is this? I love her. And who is that woman? Do you know? I don't know her. But she's. <laughs> I want to know she her. She has this black fluffy hat covering her entire head, and then a one shoulder dress on and she's about 70 and her stance is just iconic and a sensible flat as and well. a sensible flat love yeah she's amazing don't know who she is okay should we go on to didn't like so much yeah i only didn't like kirsten stewart <laughs> okay let's talk about kirsten stewart because i like i get it what she was doing and i i vibe with it like in theory but I just didn't like how it looked. Her kissing Dylan Myers on the red carpet was absolutely gorgeous. Aww. When they, So they'd obviously had a couple of photos together and then the photographers were like, get your girlfriend off the carpet. And she gave her this little kiss. And I saw this meme being like lesbians when their girlfriend leaves the room for literally two seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I just think that considering she would have probably thought she had a pretty good shot of actually winning yeah her mm, i just didn't like it i actually didn't mind her after party look i know you didn't like that either but i didn't mind no. that lace chanel dress she wore for the after party i think it could have been fitted it was a bit yeah it was a weird, bit like baggy or something. yeah but i yeah. think she looked i think her hair and she looked really gorgeous and i liked the lace but i think the she's always wearing something like that that she was wearing to the Oscars? That's what I Chanel. mean. I'm just like, wear something different. Why are you always in these little shorts? I think that's the thing is that the it's idea of wearing like a skirt suit with like a button down silk thing. And like, I feel like that's really fucking cool to wear to the Oscars if you don't normally wear something like that. Yeah. So it's like a real fashion risk. Like if a Zendaya wore it or something who normally wears 
yeah. high glam gowns or something, but it's like you've seen that silhouette on her before, so it just felt a little casual, but she looked great in it. Mm. I just, yeah, I, wa- I wanted to like it because I love that. I love it as an outfit. But what uh, would you have worn out of all of the looks? I actually, I think Renate mm. looked the coolest. Same. Like that's how I'd kind of just want to look like I haven't that's tried that hard. That's how I'd want hard. to look, but I, I wouldn't have picked it. And then I would exactly. see her at the Oscars and think, I hate myself. I wish I looked like her. Yeah, I can see myself picking something like the Kirsten Dunst. Like <laughs> yeah. a big, because it's like, it's not too over the top. Like yeah. it's beautiful, but picking something that feels like a gown and wearing it and then being like. Jare me. Jare me. Like, she wouldn't feel overdressed or no. jare, but, like, I would f- maybe feel a bit like that, but it still feels fashion forward. I'd go as that old woman. We don't know who she is. With the fluffy hat. With the that fluffy would be hat. really cute. I didn't love Jessica Chastain. Like, congrats to the hun for winning an Oscar. Yeah, I don't know. She annoys me, but there's no good reason for it. Does, she's one of those people for you. I don't know you. why. Uh, yeah, interesting. I didn't like I have lots of people like that, but she's I didn't like one. her in that movie with Oscar Isaac. Someone said he's a short king. Ah, that kind of that kind of fits. Was it him? Oh, he's yeah, he's my height. Yeah, so not super short. Hmm. Scenes from a marriage. You didn't like her, but her character was like heinous in that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she looked beautiful. She looked beautiful in the face, but I didn't like either of her dresses very much. Okay, should we move on to after party? Yeah, we both I think had a. The exact same fave, Edua. Field day. Oh my god. She looked the best out of everyone on the Oscars. We're in Christopher Esbar. Congrats. No less. To Christopher Esbar. She looked insane. She just she's just ridiculous. She's so perfect. Hot. And then she put up a thing with Larry David. Yeah, do you see that? She was like trying to like arguing who's more bored at this party. Or yeah, something. and then they were matching as well because he had a silver tie on. Cute. Look. Oh my god. That's a crazy dress to be able to wear. I don't know how that's staying on her tits. I know. Yeah, she was the best. I liked Zendaya's suit as yeah. well. Yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, looked nice. What else? I actually liked Kendall and Balenciaga, I, might, I have to say. I think I am built in to be too harsh on Kendall or yeah. something where I like – when I see her in Balenciaga, I see that those like fluffy pink Gian Battista Valley dresses she's wearing, like she's worn, mm-hmm. or I see it in that vein, whereas it's in a cool Balenciaga vein, but I'm just too corrupted by her like yes. bad red carpet in the past, but it was a cool dress. Kim, on the other hand, loved. Love. <laughs> Can't help but love. Gorgeous. I don't know if I'm that into the sunglasses on the red carpet thing. Hayley Bieber's been doing it for a while. She did it at the Met Gala. Mm. Kim and Kendall both did it. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I like that either. We both liked Tessa, right? Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Yeah. She looks really cool. I loved Hunter Schaefer. She looked amazing in Rick Owens. Oh, yeah. And her she boyfriend. Dominic, Dominic King. What's his face there? Yeah, that was nice. I like his blue hair. Yeah. He's a hot short king. Yeah, he is. Would boss if he wasn't like 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Timmy. I mean, Haim. Their before, like, Oscars and after-party outfits were so nothing, like, yes. nondescript. Yes. I just loved it because it's them. Yeah. It was, like, a dress made out of black material. Like, I know. But still love. Yeah. Um, I have a funny relationship with them where I feel like they're chuggy, but I love their music. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think they lean into being chuggy yeah. in like an ironic way, maybe. Yeah. I agree. I just love Alana after Licorice Pizza. I haven't seen it. Look, if there was any justice in the world, Licorice Pizza would have won Best Picture. I say that having not seen any of the other films. Any of the other films. But I have read some like-minded reviewers that are like, it's just not an Oscars movie. Yeah. So it would never win, but it's like technically. Like book smart. <laughs> like book smart. Exactly. But it's like technically an amazing movie. I'm glad Jane Campion won, even though she made that like fucking weird comment at the BAFTAs or whatever. But it's nice to see a New Zealand. New Zealand woman. Woman winning her second Oscar, I think. Yeah. I, I'm like a bit of a Jane Campion stan. She was my like. When I was young, I was like, I'm going to be a filmmaker like Jane Campion. Cute. <laughs> okay. I wrote Katie Holmes looks so good in the face. She did. Her face, like, dress was her nothing. And but her and yeah. faces are so good because they don't actually look like they've had any work done, but they just are, I don't know what they're doing. It's a <laughs> leathering written on their faces every yeah, hour. Yeah, what is it? I was like, I would love to know what they Katie Holmes is doing. They probably just stay out of the sun. Even though Katie Holmes looks a bit tanned, I might, yeah. I might have to say, but then Anne Hathaway clearly never gets any sun, I don't think. I might have to say. <laughs> Also, we're just ruined from growing up in Australia and New Zealand. There's no hope. That's so true. That's why we will age really. No. We'll be oh, haggard. my God. Yeah. The, stats are, the stats are something so insane about our skin being from Australia and New Zealand. Have you done the rationale thing? Like where they, they show your they like no. show all the layers of your skin and they show your sun damage. It's like fucked up when I did it. My face is full of freckles. It's like being full of freckles, but like further down and like everywhere. It's yeah. wild. Okay, I hated Julia Fox. I want her to get it right. Like, I'm rooting for her. I'm in her corner. And she's just letting me down. I know, but she is also just so funny and iconic. <laughs> she said she's writing a book and it's going to be a masterpiece. <laughs> and she tried it. I think she was baked. Yeah. She tried, her eyes were really red and Angus she couldn't talk properly. That was, was so, so fucking high. It's insane. Like he was, it was just, it's like really funny, but he was also just off his absolute face. Do you see that clip where he was like, <laughs> she was like, were you emotional? And he was like, yes. And then she said, can you tell me about that? And he said, no. And I guess no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he even talk to? I bet celebrities that like go up to him because they like euphoria and they just can't even hold a conversation with him. Yeah. Is what I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with Julia Fox. I think she, I still really like her. She's one of those people that that overexposure thing is probably going to just – everyone's just going to be – I mean, people are already so sick of her, mm-hmm. but I, I still want to love her, even though I do see very narcissistic main character energy qualities about her. I fell back in love with her when this TikTok, which, like, I think 30 AWD listeners have sent me, of her singing video games by Lana Del Rey on its 10th anniversary, and I don't even understand the tone. Like, I don't know if she's being <laughs> ironic or, like, if she's she's really trying to sing and I think she thinks she's good. It's amazing and I love her. I just feel like she's messing up this opportunity. She had this tiny post-Kanye window to, like, captivate the fashion industry or captivate the beauty industry or land a big part or get a big beauty con, like, do something that would assert her, insert her properly in Hollywood Mm. or in fashion or whatever. And she just has got like maybe four red carpets, like totally wrong now. So people will just stop. Yeah. I don't really like her style. And then she's been doing all these Jade tutorials of her making clothes. (laughs) 
So her makeup one was funny, those. and then she's doing yeah her clothes ones where she's making cutting up old jeans and making them into tops, which is a good idea, but she did it in like this really not cute way. <laughs> and then these TikTok people have done it in such better ways where it actually looks really good. Aww. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I put it on our close friends just asking what people think of her. And a lot of people just said, I have, if, I can't hate her because I have a feeling I'd be exactly like her if I got famous. I think yeah. that would be me if I got famous two, when I was like two 23 years ago. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And she's just... And now I would just hide. I feel like she doesn't have a good, like, team around her or something. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, should we get to the elephant in the room? Yes. Okay, so Will Smith (laughs) slapped Chris Rock as everyone and the entire world knows. I wonder if my mum knows about that. Can't stop like thinking about it and reading about it, even though I f- feel like I don't care. It yeah, just you feels said that. so shocking. <laughs> you were just like, like, I can't stop. When I woke up to that, it was a really shocking way to wake up because you watched, I watched the clip and the clip was so aggressive and the yeah. way he was swearing and the anger I felt through the screen. You know how when you watch a scary movie or something, you just feel a bit, you feel like it's gone into you? Yes. I know. We need Reiki healing from yes. watching that clip. Yeah. I felt the same. And then I was, I think because. I think what happened is we woke up, I don't know if you had this reaction, but we woke up and watched it and then immediately read the takes because there'd been like a few hours between it happening and people writing about it. So it had already been turned into like, oh, this is serious. Oh, he's one. Oh, this is a meme. Oh, blah, blah. and like, so it felt jarring to me the way people were like making light of it. And also like heaps of people seemed to be just like justifying it or saying anyone who like that Chris Rock was in the wrong or whatever. Like it just, the rhetoric surprised me, but I think it's because there was like space for people to digest it and then change their feelings and then read more about it or whatever. Whereas I was just kind of surprised. Yeah. It was a lot to take in. I I still, I feel, I feel as though it's complicated and it's not complicated in a lot of ways because I think that, okay. So a, so it happened, as everyone would know, because Chris Rock made a joke, which the Oscars people said was ad lib, like it wasn't planned. Ah, interesting. Yeah, he just did it. Oh, I'd read somewhere that that had been like written for him. 
No, I think, even, I think but he, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think he made it up because if it had been written for him, people would have he would have known she had alopecia. Yeah. And then so he just said it and then he didn't know that Jada Pinkett Smith suffers from alopecia, which is something she's been open about recently. And then also there's this huge backstory behind that where Chris Rock has done a documentary on black women's hair and how important black women's hair is to them, mm. right? And then he just said that, which is kind of random. And then also he's made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith in the past, in like 2016, when she boycotted the Oscars because of its racism. And then he made a joke saying that she wasn't there because she wasn't invited, which also is just such a shit thing to do when I think someone's standing up for against racism on like a massive scale mm. and then this also kind of yeah it was just i don't know but then will smith to yeah get to out go, of his seat and do that was felt feels like there must be so much more to it but same. Then maybe it feels not. like will smith was like going through something that was like expressed on the stage and i think that's why people feel like a lot of resistance to condemning him or being too harsh on him because I think he's built this incredible reputation in Hollywood that's like quite hard to build where like he does have this almost like unimpeachable character where everyone just loves him and he's like kind of his story of becoming one of the first or maybe the first like black men to be the highest paid men in Hollywood. And like, I just hadn't even thought about Will Smith at all until I was like, wait, what's he like been in and why is he famous? Mm. And I think he, he released like five movies. I love. He was Will in Smith. five back-to-back movies where they made over a hundred million dollars or something for a streak. Like he's very iconic and important, obviously. Yes. So I think people f- feel as if something was going on with him mentally that like happened and that everyone happened to like see on stage because I just, this idea that it was somehow like noble to hit someone to defend your wife, I think is is ludicrous. Like it's the exact kind of rhetoric of like men protecting women and women not being able to stand up for themselves and like answering things with violence. And I've read some really good takes about people who I think Bernadine Evaristo wrote a really good piece where she kind of unpacked the nuances of this. For British Vogue, which she was saying that this idea of people downplaying it as not a big deal because it was a slap and not a punch is like quite triggering to people that grew up in like domestic violence households because that's often how like men hit women is with a slap and it's still really impactful and painful but like it's downplayed as well it wasn't a punch and it wasn't blah 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 Mm. like it's so inappropriate to resort to violence in that way ever and I think the people are trying to defend Will Smith because they want to give him the benefit of the doubt, which is fair enough, but it's coming at this weird <laughs> – it's coming out in this weird way where people are then trying to downplay it. Like, I think – what did Jamila Jamil say? Like, something so fucking dumb. I don't know. I she said – she is, like, the biggest fucking – what do they call it? Like, moral moral relativist. Like, her views on things just totally change based on, like, who's involved. <laughs> Will Smith said, not today. A man big enough to absolutely floor him slapped him softly enough that Chris barely moved. Don't say protect black women for two years and then condemn Will Smith. And I'm just like, not like if any, if that was in any other context and someone got up and hit someone on the stage at the Oscars, you'd be talking about like how triggering violence is. You know, like I just think that you can talk about protecting black women and not making them the butt of jokes and how the nuances of, discussions about alopecia and hair loss and, and hair and black women's hair and slam Chris Rock, obviously, without 
resorting to any of this. Mm. And I think that like, yeah, just two conversations can happen at once. Yeah, I agree. I I feel as though it was also kind of so apparently what happened afterwards was the academy just carried on like normal for an hour. It was an hour of no one mentioning it, none of the hosts, <laughs> no one getting on stage and saying anything. And then Amy Schumer was the first person to say, "Oh, was she? Yeah, did I was, miss? That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, did I miss something? Like the the vibe in here has shifted or something? And it's and that took an hour of everyone really? sitting in silence, being really really awkward, and everyone just being like, "What the fuck it just happened?" And then I found it kind of well, I found even more jarring about it was the way that Will Smith obviously won his award and then apologized to kind of everyone except Chris Rock, but then went and on to obviously celebrate his first is it it's his first ever Oscar win. Yeah, and that is part of why him and Jada boycotted the Oscars in twenty sixteen is because they thought he should have been nominated for a movie that he wasn't. So it should have been this like really major moment for them as a couple. Mm. Yeah, and then he was obviously celebrating and having so much fun, but it was it was like so funny because as you say, we woke up to the slap having happened, plus the after parties having happened, plus him winning an Oscar. So I was just seeing Will Smith partying and having so much fun, and then it all just felt a bit weird because there was this huge elephant in the room. And then obviously he released a statement that was that his PR team must have forced him to do the next day because the Oscars said they were doing a meeting to figure out what to do. Whoopi Goldberg was like, I don't think we'll strip him of his Oscar, but who knows? Yeah, um, I don't think they will. No. That would be like a big PR backlash for them. I think they were in a very difficult predicament. I think almost any other, I mean, places like BAFTA and stuff have said that if it was them, they would have escorted him out of the premises. But the Oscars are obviously very aware of the fucking optics of escorting the winner of the Best Actor Oscar out of the place in fucking handcuffs on live television. Like, I don't know if that was an option for mm. them. I think they were – it was it was a complicated thing, but it felt very like Jim Carrey came out and has been saying that he was just, like, sickened by the reaction of people in the room who, like, stand up and gave him a standing ovation and were, like, hugging Will Smith in between the thing and, like, everyone kind of rallied around Will Smith in this way that he said was just kind of morally fucked up. I just. But I guess if it's your. Say if you got yeah. up on stage and slapped someone because they'd said something about Zach, you would know they were going. You would. You. I guess that was his friends. Like, that's what I mean. Being it's like, like I know you're going through something or like what's going on or like you don't know. Matthew McConaughey was one of the people. No. Is that Matthew Mc. No, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> oh my God. I was like. I was like, I've got the name wrong. Bradley Cooper was one of the people that was standing up with his hand on Will Smith's chest. I was like, Bradley, sharp. He's so annoying. Um, He's so annoying. But I think that's the the problem is that it's a room of people that are friends with each other and that all really like Will Smith and can see that that was the action of someone that's like really hurting or is in a lot of pain. Mm. And they want to be there for their friend. But then what it looks like for a group of people consuming the Oscars is that someone's like, like, Chris Rock was doing his job. He's, you know, I, I think the, the joke was in really bad taste and that he would have been or should be forced to apologize for afterwards. And I would hope that he didn't understand that she had alopecia and that's why he made it and it was much more lighthearted. But the idea that, like, comedians who have been hired to come on stage and poke little fun, playful jabs at people mm. should be met with physical violence is fucking crazy. And I think the fact that everyone just felt awkward and didn't want to be, like, on the wrong side of anything by condemning Will Smith straight away. It just did make the room look as though 
they had no like moral compass because it just seems like such a black and white thing. Is Judd Apatow, who's Judd Apatow? He directed Superbad and Knocked his, Up and like all of those. Are his kids? M- yeah. Maud Apatow, yeah. Yeah, and his wife is Leslie, Leslie. Mann, who's Mann. in like all his movies. I'm obsessed yeah. with Leslie Mann. Yeah, she's like in everything great. But most of the things she's in is are his oh, really? movies he's directed. Yeah. The other woman, this is 40. Yeah, I this like, is 40 love. he directed. Yeah. Um anyway, he posted and then deleted that uh Will Smith could have killed Chris Rock. <laughs> and then I know, I don't want to get too serious because it's like it wasn't, you know, yeah, he didn't grab a him king punch or something. And like grip, pull him to the ground and stuff. But yeah, so he posted and deleted that. Zoe Kravitz posted this weird thing on Instagram. I don't I don't know. I think all of the dialogue around it is just, I don't know. It's so charged. Like, I think this is the thing is that Zoe Kravitz literally posted a thing on Instagram saying, this is me in my Oscars dress when I went to an awards show where apparently hitting people on stage is okay. And I see that as, like, so innocuous. I don't even think she was trying to make a big statement. I feel like she was trying to be funny or something. And she is being literally raked over hot coals on Twitter. (laughs) Like so hard. And TikTok. It's crazy. Like the whole world's like turned on her. Yeah. And are bringing up the fact that they're saying that people on Twitter and TikTok just use the word like groomed and pedophile so liberally. (laughs) We do as well. I know. That's true. But they were saying that she is a pedophile because she, she worked with Will Smith like years ago and he was 14 at the time and she gave an interview where she said... Wait, uh, Jaden Smith. Sorry, what did I say? Will Smith. Sorry, Jaden Smith. He was 14 at the time and she gave an interview where she was just being a bit creepy about him and saying like he's so handsome and I have to watch what I say around him because I forget that he's 14 and like when he gets older I'm going to hit him up and all this stuff, which... She's joking. Is gross and weird when you read it. Yeah. On a page, but she's obviously just being funny. And also this was about like 24 now. Me about Romeo Beckham (laughs) when he was like 14. Yeah, this is like a decade ago. Like I just think that's a bit rough. But then what else has come out? So they're saying stuff about her dad dating like a teenager when he was in his 30s, which is not her fucking problem. And then her still following Alexander Wang. It's just so it's just so funny what this like they decide to go after you. Like everyone knew all of this shit before yesterday. I know. <laughs> you know? And it's and if, just yeah, like everyone was like the rise and fall of Zoe Kravitz yeah. in two weeks. I found the memes of Maddie from Euphoria running on stage. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Yeah, but apart from all of the funny memes and looking at Nicole Kidman's reaction and yes. everyone's reaction when it happened, which was uh so iconic. It's yeah, the conversation does feel so emotionally charged. There's just op-eds from every different angle mm. everywhere. There's women who have alopecia speaking out. There's people who have been the victims of yeah, domestic violence speaking out. There's people who are speaking out about comedy and how like it sparked this comedy debate about what is and what isn't right and I just I feel as though I haven't read enough or I just don't even know what my real opinion is other than I don't think Physical violence is okay, and Will Smith said he doesn't think that either. Eight million people liked his apology. I think he's so beloved, and I think people feel defensive of him. Like, I even feel like that. But I also feel very defensive of Chris Rock because I'm like, Chris Rock has opted because it's not the kind of person he is to come out and say, you know, this emotional post where he's like, you know, my wife and, like, two young children had to watch me get hit and humiliated on stage. Like, I I have – 
But like, but no, but that that's not out there because oh. I'm like, he's not this person like Will and Jada are that has this open dialogue with the public in this hugely intense way that they do. So because it's not his style to say how this thing made him feel, it's created like this vacuum where there's just much less sympathy for him than I think there is for Will Smith. Mm. And I think that that just needs to be like corrected a little. I think it's a bad situation, but, and I think it's really great that a lot of pieces I've seen of recentering the focus onto Jada and how amazing she is and how vulnerable and incredible it was that she opened up about her alopecia journey and how it is a racialized issue. No question. Like alopecia has much higher rates with women of color and the discussion about black women's hair is obviously such like a politically charged thing. And I think I feel sad about the fact that Will Smith behaved the way that he did because it's almost taken away from what could have been a really great, thoughtful, meaningful conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. I know he didn't know he was going to win an Oscar, but say he like kept his cool then got up and use that platform to talk about how amazing his wife is and actually highlight why that joke was really upsetting. And, and, you know, like I know we don't all act perfectly in any given situation, but I just think that it's just a shame. Like the whole thing is just a shame. But I don't think it's this thing where like Will Smith deserves to be cancelled and hated and have his Oscar rescinded and whatever. It was just like a bad situation that happened to be televised. Yes. I can't um, believe it happened to be televised. I know. It's cr- like we all someone thought La La Land was the worst. Yeah. Someone said, I can't believe I can tell my kids I was alive during the La La Land mess up <laughs> and the Will Smith slap. Well, that's kind of a thing. Like, it's not because of this event, but I just feel like the Oscars as a public spectacle has become just less and less. I don't know. I, th- I think if this hadn't happened, no one would have probably been discussing the Oscars at all. Like, I forgot half of the people who won i yeah I i've seen looked. like none of the movies it feels like really detached from i don't know even just a group of really rich famous attractive people getting in a room and being like i deserve a little award <laughs> for my, my good, movie my, my special movie <laughs> my special day i wonder though as well if it was if it is also kinder to do with the fact that heaps of them this feels bad but that heaps of the movies nominated or i don't know there weren't that many big hitting actors or actresses that we really cared about nominated i mean obviously kirsten dunst yes but other than that it wasn't i mean zendaya was like the exo movie was i don't know maybe it was because the red carpet felt a bit boring or something or the movies like other other years i think we've had much more of a obviously you love licorice pizza and i'm yet to see it Mm -hmm. so i need to correct that you can watch (laughs) it with me i actually feel like i can't watch movies by myself it's so weird and I know you do that a lot because Zach doesn't enjoy watching yeah. TV and movies. I love going to the movies by myself. Well, it's like my favorite little treat. Yeah, so I feel was- like going to the movies by myself, I feel less weird about than I feel watching a movie by myself at home. Mm-hmm. Like last night I was like, oh, put on Coda because whatever. And then I was just like, that's weird. And put on no. first dates. <laughs> Watch three episodes of first dates. I don't know. It feels, I don't know. I need you to come over and watch the movie with me. Yeah, yeah, I will for sure. But oh, cute. I can't remember where we were going. Maybe, yeah, I think we had less of a, an affinity to the to the Oscars this year. But I do, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things where I do hope that it continue, or not the Oscars, but these red carpet events, because it is fun celebrating fashion in this way. And I think it would be a shame if we just stopped caring all together. But then it does feel yeah, like it's happening. Yeah, maybe it's just a COVID, like, back log kind of thing where they didn't make that many big movies during COVID and so it all felt like a little bit unexciting. 
I just want to say is my last thing defending comedians, but I just (laughs) think that it's such a slippery slope. I've seen so much rhetoric kind of saying, well, you know, if you offend someone's wife, you're going to get hit or whatever. And I'm just like, comedians, comedians play, I think, a very important role in society. They're a type of artist and their art form is rooted in making people uncomfortable or calling out, making jokes in bad taste or like calling out sore spots and like it doesn't always work and it doesn't always land and sometimes they fuck up but they need to have room to fuck up because that's what part of their job is and I just think that if Chris Rock had a a normal backlash of a news cycle that criticized him and it made him think about it and he apologized or he didn't apologize pushed him to be better this idea that I don't know I just I think this idea I've kind of seen of of people discussing comedy in this way of saying well we need to be really careful when we're making jokes about who we upset but it's like pretty much any joke that's ever been made (laughs) at an Oscars thing or a roast or whatever, you could take that reaction of like, I'm really hurt and upset and offended by this. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm thinking about the comedy roasts of people and people say the most heinous things Like people joke about Pete Davidson's like dad dying in nine 11 and stuff all the time because that's, you know what I mean? It's like, that is the nature of comedy. And I know that just because you go to the Oscars, you're not like enlisting to be roasted, but I just think it was like, a joke that was, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't intended in the way that it landed and that he should be held accountable for that. But that doesn't mean that we need to start questioning what comedians are like allowed to do. Yeah. You know? Yes, I agree. In other news, before we sign off, I would also like to give a best dressed nod to a one Mr. Harry Styles for his Molly Goddard top to toe look for his new album. Can't believe there's a new album coming. You rejoice, excited? rejoice, rejoice. I'm very, very excited. His last album came right in the midst, smack bang of my like yes, that's heartbreak right. depression. And I couldn't stop playing it on repeat and like crying on the train and actually having like a full mental breakdown with it. So it feels crazy that we've come so far as to now have a new Harry Styles album. Maybe we're this both, one will be about like love. We're and, both in a better yeah. place. He's happy and around Hampstead Heath and I'm happy and around Hampstead Heath and it's all good. So yeah, very excited about that. And then final note, we have a cute little interview app for you girlies for the Patreon this week. And it is with that Haley girl, none other than that Haley girl, who we spoke about a few weeks ago, who we all often speak about on the pod for. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Being an incredible journalist and writer, Hayley Numan. She used to work at Man Repeller. She's now got her maybe baby Substack, and we speak to her for an entire hour about everything. So that's coming out on the Patreon tomorrow. Bye. Bye, bitches. Woo!